Well, that was a, a very much appreciated introduction, so thank you. And well, good morning, and as Walt said, my name is Danny, and I am excited to, I uh, didn't realize, get to now bring the word to the church that I can say is the great-grandmother to Port Towns Church. Um, so it's, it's wonderful to get to be here with you all. Uh, just in terms of our timeline, we haven't gotten to start worship yet, but we are planning to try to uh, shoot for that in the fall. Uh, we are very new to the Bladensburg area, and so when we moved in, in in August, our plan has really been to try to figure out where are places that we can connect and engage with our neighbors and people in our community, and so that's really been our purpose over the past several months, and God's been very generous and blessing us with those relationships. And so I've uh, been really encouraged with that and hoping come February to start uh, doing uh, some prayer meetings in our house, doing some open houses for the church. Um, we also have a public discussion event in Hyattsville, which is a neighboring town, this upcoming Tuesday to try to engage more with the community. So if you can be praying for that, uh, it'd be appreciated. So let's uh, dig into God's Word. Uh, if you have your Bibles with, him, with you, uh, you can open it to Acts chapter 2. Uh, I believe they're on page 910 of your uh, Pew Bibles, or you can uh, follow along on the screen. Uh, today's text kind of drops us into the very end of what's known as the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit has uh, come upon the church of God. And uh, as we wrap up at the end of uh, Peter's sermon, uh, we hear the crowd's response and what happens as a result from it. And so let's turn to God's word, Acts chapter 2, verses 37 through 47. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you have preserved it through the generations so that we this day might be uh, instructed in the ways of becoming more and more as the, the community that you have desired for us to be. Pray that you would work through the preaching of your word now, that you would uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, not only change our minds, but change our hearts and our actions as well. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So how many of you know what is pictured on the screen here? Just 
Raise your hand. Ah, we got, okay, so it's, it's Lincoln Logs. That's one thing, and I don't know if people still play with Lincoln Logs. I'm, I'm part of a family that has a lot of older siblings. Uh, my next closest is 10 years older than me, so I got a lot of his older toys. Um, but more so, I'm uh, interested in what the, these Lincoln Logs are depicting, uh, which it says up at the top, if you can't read it, Fort Frontier. And I show this image because we don't really have a lot of actual physical things that we can look at or experience nowadays that depict a fort or an outpost. Uh, maybe some of you did something in school regarding the Oregon Trail, and that might be another touch point for you. But we don't have many points in which we uh, can say, yes, this is something that like, I know what an outpost is. I go to one regularly or whatnot. And so, in, in depicting this, I wanted to just uh, give a little bit of an imagery and, and, and backstory in terms of what was the purpose for these forts. Right, back in the days following Lewis and Clark with the westward expansion, there was this uh, need for people to be able to have a place where they could come and have their needs met, when, uh, where they could go to find protection from any attack, where they could find a place from community when they've been out on their own uh, in the wild for months to be able to come back and to have connection with other people, to get uh, the supplies that they need to continue on. It was a place where they could come to find rest, to find nourishment, to find the encouragement that they needed to go on. And so while there's not outposts today and the need isn't there anymore, I'm, I'm actually from the West Coast and I can confirm with you that the, uh, the expansion of towns has uh, continued in such a way that they're not needed anymore, even though uh, it's far less densely populated than the D.C. area, uh, which took some getting used to for me, but I've made it. Um, there's still a need for us to f have what the outposts once provided. Right? We still need shelter from the pains and the struggles of this life. We need community in the midst of a fast-paced world. And we need guidance on the journey that we have before us. Some people today might turn to a bar to try to be able to meet that need. Others turn to a gym, uh, their workplace, to sometimes just a nice place on the couch with a Sunday paper or, or a TV show on that they particularly like, hoping that their needs might be met in such a context, that this might be the outpost that they are looking for. But what today's text teaches us is that Within the confines of the church, the community that is knitted and woven together by the gospel of Jesus Christ and the working of the Holy Spirit, it is in these confines that our needs are most truly met. The church is the modern-day outpost, furthering the mission of God and bringing his kingdom to bear in the world. And to make this a little bit more personal, I don't want us to just think of church as being some sort of abstract thing. It means that this very community in the room right now, Cornerstone Presbyterian Church, is the local manifestation of that goodness. This is where the outpost is for Southern Maryland. We believe that nothing is better for the sake of others than the fellowship, the gathering of people around the cross of Christ. There's nothing better than the church. 
And so if we genuinely believe that this is true, it ought to inform how we go about our lives, how we engage others, and how we think about this very community. And so let's consider together how this might affect our lives. The first, it means that we must be gatherers who seek to bring God's people into the shelter of the outpost. We need to bring people into this goodness. We ought to feel compelled out of love. When you have something that is this good, we desire for people to be brought in to experience this goodness with us. We want to have our neighbors, our family, our friends gather within the shelter of this outpost. And so, with the the two parts of this phrase, I want us to begin by just examining the need for us to gather. Why are we called to gather? Well, for a, a good bit now, uh, I have been uh, considering the, the truth of the, uh, in, that we find in Scripture that we are all made as image bearers of God and that we have this, this common dignity, this common goodness inherent within each of us, which uh, therefore requires that we, we show that dignity and goodness to others. But we also share something else in common. We also share the problem of sin, the rebellion that we have against God, and our need for His forgiveness and reconciliation with Him. And so since we all have this common problem, how is it that this need can be met? Well, it is through bringing people into the shelter of the church that this common problem is addressed. Prior to today's text, as I said at the beginning, uh, Peter presents this common condition to the crowd in his sermon. And they, uh, the, the crowd gathered together responds by saying, brothers, what, what shall we do about this problem? And Peter's answer is a call to repent and to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It is a call to gather people into what Jesus has so graciously provided to us. And so in loving others, we should be seeking to follow in Peter's example to gather people towards the path of entering into the church, the community of people who are gathered around the shelter of the cross of Christ. And this is by no means the the only occurrence within Scripture that instructs us to gather. We only need to look to Christ and his teachings to remind us of our need to gather. We can think about the parable of the prodigal son, where the father, uh, it, it was taboo in their day to do this, but he, would, he literally saw his, his, his wayward child far off and ran out to meet him. And not only did he go and gather him in when his elder son did not want to come in to celebrate the return of his younger brother, he goes out and gathers him in as well, saying, come and join in the celebration. We have a gathering God We have a God who gives us an example of gathering. In the parable of the wedding feast, we are told how the the, the host is calling people out to go and to gather people from the street corners, from anywhere to bring them into the celebration. This is something good that we should be celebrating together. Bring them in, come and celebrate. We might recall Jesus' words to go and gather, for the harvest is ripe, but the laborers 
are few. And after Jesus had, when he is calling his first disciples, tells them uh, to throw their nets in one more time because they hadn't had any luck all day. They, they were questioning this, but he, they tell them to throw the nets in one more time. They gather up this huge amount of fish. It is after this example of being able to see, look how much you have gathered and what you have gained. I will now make you fishers or gatherers of people. And who was more devoted to gathering than Jesus himself? who went upon the cross to gather us to the Father. It is the the act of gathering that is crucial to the gospel. And finally, no no passage this week was more convicting to me than Jesus' words from Matthew's gospel, which say, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. It is a core purpose of the church that it be a community that gathers people to the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ has come to forgive us of our sins, to remove from us the the very common, the, the, the core problem that we all carry, and to make us no longer enemies with God, but now his beloved children. So now that we've spent a moment talking about gathering uh, in terms of its significance, I want to just take a moment to think about the significance of the shelter that is provided by the church. I know I kind of uh, stated it kind of as a thing at the very beginning, but I want us to take a moment just to reflect on the significance of the shelter. So what is it that we're even being sheltered from? Uh, So starting in verse 38, Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And Peter goes on in verse 40 to say, uh, to, to encourage people to save themselves from this crooked generation. What Peter is talking about is the shelter of the community that encircles the cross of Christ. That though God desires all to be saved, as his word tells us in, in, uh, through Peter, the only way that we might be kept from the stor- coming storm of God's justice is that community known as the church. It is only here that our common problem with sin is dealt with. And so it is of great significance that people are gathered in to the shelter that is provided here. Uh, I shared this quote from uh, within, there's a discussion guide I believe that you all be able to, to work through, uh, but is a quote from John Calvin that, who uses instead of the, the term outpost to describe the church, he uses the title of mother. And I want to read this quote because I think it, it hammers again the, the significance of the church and looking at it as our mother. Calvin writes this, but as it is now our purpose to discourse in the visible church, meaning the church that we are, you can see right now, like Cornerstone here, let us learn from her single title of mother how useful, know how necessary the knowledge of her is. 
since there is no other means of entering into life unless she conceive us in the womb and give us birth, unless she nourish us at her bosom and, in short, keep us under her charge and government until, divested of mortal flesh, we become like the angels. For our weakness does not permit us to leave the school until we have spent our whole lives as scholars. So just as a child needs the protection of their mother, just as one who is out in the cold of winter needs the shelter of the outpost, so too we all need the shelter of the church. And so we need to be gatherers, beloved. If you are somebody who myself has been included in this for the past week, are, are convicted by this, let me share two practical ways that we should go about this. First, I encourage you to ask God for help. Remember, who is the chief gatherer? It's Jesus. Jesus is the chief gatherer who gathered us to himself by his life, death, and resurrection. And so, who better to turn to to ask for help than the one who makes this his top priority, who's going to be better at it than any one of us? So I would encourage you to begin by turning in prayer to our Lord to ask for guidance. And how can we become better gatherers to this good news, to this good message? And then secondly, we need to go into our gyms, to our barbers, to our stylists, to our workplaces, our neighborhoods with an eye towards gathering. And we need to have some intentionality behind it. And so I would encourage you, uh, even right after service, uh, you can even do it right now if you, you want to, to take a moment and think, where are the places that I can be going to gather? Where is God calling me to so that I can share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Perhaps it's a place that you can be nailing down. Perhaps it's a person whose name you can write down. So take a moment to be intentional, to follow Christ's command, and to be compelled out of the love that he has shown for us to be able to show and offer that love to others. And so the, the first part is for us to be gatherers, and there's kind of an opposite side to it as well that we see in today's text. And so the act, there's the active gathering, but there's also this, this magnetic drawing uh, of people together that we need to, to kind of be emulating, experiencing, uh, to draw people into the goodness of this outpost. And uh, I, I imagine you guys know what I'm talking about, but I want to help uh, out with, with a, a bit of an illustration here. Um, see, I'm, I'm on a bit of a diet right now. I'm trying to do this, this uh, Whole30 program with the gym that I'm a part of. Um, so I'm especially drawn to the idea of Christmas dinner right now. Uh, I had a very, very good uh, Christmas dinner. And you foodies, you already probably had an image in your mind when I mentioned Christmas dinner, but I put something up here because I wanted us to kind of have a visual for this. Um, I mean, just the, the image of the table being all set, and you've got the turkey that's finally put on the table that's been basting for hours, right? You've got uh, the, the homemade cranberry sauce. Uh, so I, I grew up with the cranberry sauce in a jar, which I'm a fan of, but people kind of seem to knock for some reason. 
reason. Uh, but my sister started making this homemade cranberry sauce that was delicious. Uh, there's, you know, the green bean casserole with the little onion straws on top. You got the mac and cheese. You got the, the mashed potatoes that are just swimming in butter. And then uh, if you, if you finish it off with the Christmas cookies, you got the sprinkles and the little red hots on top uh, and, the, and, the, and the, the chocolate cookies with the frosting and everything. And I'm going to have to wipe my mouth here in a moment. Uh, but, but, but this is an image of something that, that people are just clearly drawn to. I mean, if you set out that table before uh, most anyone, they're going to want to have a seat at that table. There's goodness at this table. There's something that I want to be a part of. And just as this delicious spread draws us to the table, the goodness of the Christian outpost draws us and others in as well. And so I wanted you to just hear again the, the life of the outpost from the, the verses 42 through 47 and how this might be lived out today at Cornerstone. Verse 42 talks about how the, there's a regular teaching of God's word and fellowship. People are connected together and caring about one another. They're, they're being built up uh, by God's word, just as the, the woman in the video expressed that how coming and hearing the word was filling her up. They daily broke bread in their homes. We're, we're coming back to food again, but people are, are eating food together. Uh, they were praying together. They were asking God to, to meet their needs, to be able to encourage them, to teach them, to strengthen them. They were worshiping together daily. And in verse 44 and 45, they distributed their goods to any who had need. If the, that bill wasn't going to get paid, if there was a need for food to be uh, put into people's mouths, those needs were going to be met through this community. They spent time together praising God. And they had favor with all people. Not just within the community, it says, but with all people. Now, isn't that a community that you would want to be a part of? Isn't that a community that's living out the reality that they have been removed from this domain of darkness and brought into the light of the kingdom of God? I mean, that, that list that I described in a lot of ways sounds a lot like that Christmas dinner buffet that I was describing. The list of good things just keeps piling on and on. And I think from my own experience within the church, we do some of these things very well. It, it was through the preaching of God's word during a Sunday service that I came to understand the significance of Jesus' work within my life, that I no longer had to keep fighting to prove myself to God and to others, but that my identity as a child of God was firmly established by the work of Jesus. And we regularly sing praises to our God together. Right? We, we do this well. We, we do well in meeting the needs of others. And so I'd encourage us to continue to keep doing these things, if these are things that are a part of Cornerstone, to keep living these things out. As you do so, they will uh, be like a magnet drawing people into this place. But there might be some areas in which there could be room for growth, and perhaps uh, these could be applicable for Cornerstone. And let me just give a couple um, I, again, I, I, I hate going back to food right now because we're doing that old diet thing, but, but we can be eating together, people. We can be enjoying meals together, inviting one another into our homes. Uh, I, I, this, this might sound a bit uh, lighthearted, but, but truly the, 
the Christian message is that when the end of all things come, when the, when the bride and the bridegroom are joined together, when Christ and his church are finally joined together and all things are made right, you know what happens? We feast. We feast together. And so what better for, way for us to be looking forward to that day than for us to be spending time getting to feast and to celebrate together? And then the second one, let me just pose it to you as a question. Does Cornerstone have favor with the people here in Southern Maryland? Or to, to put it another way, if Cornerstone were to suddenly disappear tomorrow, would the community have sorrow over that fact? And I must say, like, during the, the announcements and during the video, I I had to say, I, I saw answers to that question of, of yes, that you all are doing that work to have somebody come to Dixie's door and to give her a loaf of bread and to welcome her into the community, to have this work-life program, to have a game night together. You guys are doing that work, and I would encourage you to continue to do that. And it's just, I, I had to mention that because I just found it to be such an encouragement, particularly in preparing for this Sunday, to see that work being done. And so lastly, if we accept all that has been said just now, that the church is an outpost of the kingdom of God that is gathering people in and by its very presence drawing people into its goodness, then it seems that we also should be increasing the number of local churches to go about this work as the need arises in different areas. This is why my wife and I are church planting in Bladensburg. We believe that there is a need in that area, that people need to be drawn and gathered into the goodness of the gospel that is found within the church, to be nourished by it. But for you all, you are going to be doing that work of drawing and gathering here within Southern Maryland, within this community. And so it is my encouragement to you that out of faithfulness to the Lord's commands and out of the compulsion of love for others, when you realize the goodness of the gift, how, how else can, what else can you do but desire for people to come and experience that goodness as well? That we would become a gathering and drawing people. Will you please pray with me to that end? Lord God, we thank you that you sent your son, who is the great gatherer, who drew us into yourself. God, I pray that we might be able to soak and to, to just be marinated and saturated in that truth that we have been drawn and gathered in by you. And out of that truth, we might be compelled to bring people into this goodness. God, I pray that you would bring people to mind. I pray that you would bring opportunities to us that we might be able to go about this work, to follow in the example of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Help us, Holy Spirit, to guide us in this work. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Please stand and join us as we sing Facing a Task Unfinished. <laughs> 